This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Komikaela Naimen Toko Ingoa. My name is Michaela Naiman and I'm your host. Welcome. This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community, as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. Stay tuned to find out more. Welcome to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. And today we are going to talk about contemporary ceramic art in Aotearoa with Taranaki-born Teresa Peters, who was the finalist in the recent Portage Ceramic Awards. Welcome, Teresa, and congratulations. Hi, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's exciting to be showing at Te Uru Contemporary um, Art Gallery again in the Portage. Mm. Um, and this is up in Tamaki Makauru, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's where I actually live. Um, and yes, uh, it's a it's a pretty cool gallery up there and kind of like, you know, the event of ceramics somehow in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. which uh, I'm so glad that I get this chance to talk to you about it because um, your ceramic art is not... Uh, exactly what uh, you know if you think pottery uh, this is not it and uh, I'm quite excited about all the stuff that is going on in your art so but could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and your connection to Taranaki? Um, I actually wasn't born in Taranaki Uh, blasphemy (laughs) I was born in Auckland uh, and my parents uh, studied at Elam Art School in the 1970s they were both forerunners in the um, post-object art movement that came out of Elam at that time which was all about breaking out of the institution and bringing art into performance land art conceptual art Um, and then of course it was the 70s so um, thanks to Marianne Magridge shout out to Marianne Magridge Um, we ended up in Taranaki and Altham um, living my dad's dream of getting back to it somewhere. So since I was three, I have been based in South Taranaki in terms of my parents and my family um, connection and definitely grew up under the mountain mm. with the Mangatoki Culture Club and um, the Muggridges and, yeah, um, been in this province for quite a while. Um, mm. Like I say, I haven't lived here for 20 years, but it's still where I call home. And the mountain, more and more when I walk out there and see that gigantic thing, uh, and also because a lot of my work is sort of based into uh, volcanic geology in terms of the ceramic um, connection, it's more and more phenomenal. I I appreciate this province more and more and more. Yeah, Yeah, fantastic. And it's people. Well, Marianne Muggeridge is one of the few um, or the first artist I actually met here too. So Oh, funny. (laughs) She's good at that, roping people in. The hookups, yep. Yeah. And so... uh, they, uh, I mean, uh, your critically acclaimed work, Time Crystal, is not a solid tactile object, but it's made from them. It's actually a digital video. So can you tell us a bit about, you know, this kind yeah, of so, artwork? So last year I actually won the premier prize in the Portage, yeah. which was a very big surprise at the time. Maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, but I was completely surprised. <laughs> and... um. Yeah, so since 2020, um, I have been working, positioning clay and ceramics, um, not only, I also have a very physical uh, sculptural practice, but uh, as part of my response to the 2020 lockdown and the pandemic, I started positioning my work online, um, creating faux, what I call faux sci-fi archive, um, uh, my main one being disastrousforms.com, which was a CNZ 
uh, project, which I made in uh, curatorial collaboration with Dina Yezdik, who is um, was a museum consultant and curatorial consultant on the project. And she actually kind of prompted me to position my work online. And it started like a really interesting ch chain of practice, which led to my Portage win, which was actually presented for the first time in 20 year, uh, 21 years. I was the 21st um, recipient, recipient. And um, yeah, I, um, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, I I presented it as a photograph and, and that was definitely like quite a strange um, and a first for the awards. Um, and I guess I identify with what one would call contemporary ceramics, which uh, has a diverse practice internationally and is probably growing here in New Zealand. Um, it's definitely mm. well, it's sort of strange, to be honest, because there's so many, I think if you're working with a medium like clay, there's so many parallels between all practices within the medium or like I'm still doing the kiln thing and you know like mm, I'm still learning day by day about all this um technical aspects so it's not that I'm not a ceramicist um I just probably am more of a contemporary artist that's working with ceramics so I've sort of channeled it into um this medium which is is crossing between now like photography the internet it's kind of as an artist, I've become really interested over the pandemic of the internet um, being a really fluid medium for connecting with audience. And in a way, like, it makes me think about those sort of like my parents' history and how, you know, people were breaking outside the gallery in the 70s, say, for example, and that's only one period of that kind of thing happening. And then um, for me, it's been this kind of cyber <laughs> the cyber and I was thinking a lot about it like how maybe a good way to describe my practice is sort of something about fluidity like and connection um from like using raw clay rather than I mean I do work in ceramics but I also really use raw clay and have a relationship with raw clay and the fluidity within that medium and then the fluidity of the internet as well and and my main kind of I don't know, jam, I guess, is kind of um, to to draw a connection. Um, and within that project, Disastrous Forms, I became very interested in um, what it meant to create sort of like suddenly the internet and working on digital platforms. Um, we actually positioned with, again, the influence of Dina, we, uh, we positioned um, the launch for disastrousforms.com on the Auckland Live digital stage as a live uh, kind of like, it was kind of like a rave, actually. Um, oh, I'm, I'm re-showing oh, cool. that work in Auckland next year, actually, and, and everyone should re have the experience again. But um, And that archive was quite based in sort of like museum natural histories, natural disasters, hence the name Disastrous Forms. Um, which applies to the forms themselves and um, coming out of like influence from artists like Lucio Fontana. Um, anyway, so something like uh, kind of stretching outwards, I guess, into a sort of cosmic mm. reality and, and incorporating music within my practice as well as a connective entity. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. And and while you say stretching outwards, looking at some of your work, you have this feeling of going really close and zooming in and kind of like magnifying something that is tiny at the same time. So it's this weird feeling of looking outwards to something expanding as well as, you know, kind of zooming in and going, you know, microscopic almost. Like yeah, well, I mentioned Lucio Fontana, who was a pivotal artist outside the post Second World War um, times and and his sort of, I don't think it was like a response, but he, he kind of operated in that time. And his work is sort of just about like poking canvases and slashing canvases and, and also within his ceramics. And it's quite, in a way, quite micro, you know? And then his, his sort of rationale was this kind of that actually he was a spatial artist and he's trying to like enter into a cosmic like a, like a direct spatial cosmic realm kind of formally and for me that really speaks to something about what I'm interested in exactly in terms of a micro macro 
Mm. Um, and, and the kind of in, interconnectivity. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and this kaleidoscope thing has, has evolved in the process. It evolved during um, disastrous forms and it definitely influenced that event becoming very dance party, rave-like, and um, there was a playlist that went with that um, as well. <laughs> and I, I actually spent five years living in Berlin and um, I was actually listening to this song. I think we're going to play it later, but... Um, sadness by Steffi while I was making yeah. the site and um, it, it's kind of one of those tracks that runs on a sort of repetitive rhythm that almost makes you quite high and it's a club hit in okay. Berlin well I, was, I think we should listen to it and Berlin is um, such a cool art scene anyway and the scene for so many creative explorations so this would be sadness the vinyl version by Steffi Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You are listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. We're grateful for the sponsorship uh, of uh, Govette Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center for this show. And I'm here today with ceramicist uh, Teresa Peters, who has uh, been shortlisted for the Portage Ceramic Awards um, for the second year. And last year she actually won the uh, awards. And we are talking about Teresa's practice, but also all the exciting collaboration that you have had. And uh, you were talking about musicians here, but you have also worked together with um, film uh, makers. Like uh, I saw Habicht was one of them, wasn't it? A Berlin-born. Yeah, um, so I'm actually, <laughs> well... The long-term, the long-term partner of Florian Habisch. We're, yep. key, we're collaborators. Um, I'm a key collaborator on his projects. Um, been making uh, film, independent film in New Zealand for the last twenty years. Um, yeah, the story goes that we met 
uh, with him inviting me to star in one of his movies as well, <laughs> as actress, <laughs> alongside his dad as my boyfriend. <laughs> That's how I met my father-in-law. <laughs> um, yep. So yeah, we've we've been working in, in kind of quite an independent capacity for those. I mean, Florian's the driving force, but um, I'm definitely right there. And I work mostly, I mean, these days I'm quite a key um, creative um, collaborator, like script writing, all sorts of things. But um, I'm sort of often officially the production designer. Yeah. So very all the, cool. All the pretty parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, can you tell um, listeners who wouldn't know what kind of um, films uh, has it resulted in? Like where can we find the films you have? Collaborate. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I shouldn't know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> um, James and Izzy was just released during the pandemic, which last year we released it. Oh, is that this year? No, last year, 2021, I think. Um, in April, um, it, it, they all played in New Zealand International Film Festival and some much more far-reaching. Um, James and Izzy can be found on streaming um, mediums, and uh, <laughs> I have to be honest, I don't know. I think maybe they're on Florian's <laughs> website as well. Um, yeah, um, he also made Kaikawi Demolition, uh, Pulp, uh, um, a film about life, death, and supermarkets about Jarvis Cocker and Pulp's last. Well, now they're having another tour, but their so-called last tour in. Um, uh, I think that was about 2014. Um, Florian wrote Jarvis a letter, just like, hey, Jarvis, uh, I want to make a film about you. So, so like, yeah, we're kind <laughs> of, we're quite versed in jumping off cliffs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you've taken up the script writing too. So how do you actually uh, write um, scripts for these kinds of really arty, you know, movies like do you yeah it's a good in... question um yeah. it's a long long process a long arduous process and I mean it's it can be very exciting once you're getting in the rhythm of it all but um yeah um is the writing collaborative too that you kind of yeah we, with we ideas work and in collaboration of... and sometimes with other entities as well yeah but Florian's a driving force again and um I'm I'm definitely there and sometimes there's other other people involved too yeah mm. yeah yeah collaborations kind of become um something that I'm quite interested to in in this kind of collective um vibe also because I mean I mean I have to tell you that with time crystal the portage work mm. I made this whole thing by myself and actually all my main collaborators were not in town my sound collaborator was not in town um Florian was not in town who usually helps me do final edits. So I actually taught myself the whole software for editing and I mixed the soundtrack myself oh, wow. um, in quite a short amount of time um, for this piece. Um, yeah, so that was definitely a one-man bad situation. But I really enjoy collaborating as a process, mm. a learning process. Yeah, yeah I, I do too. And I think it's quite uh, interesting how, you know, the, the kind of uh, thought process, how it can go off on a tangent on something that you hadn't in, envisaged or foreseen just by this kind of bouncing back and forth between creative minds. But it can, of course, also take a long time to actually settle on something. Yeah, um, it definitely can be a process. Um, recently, I, I made a show together with uh, four women called From Things Flow at Room Gallery. Um, this was where I positioned my next website, which was called moltenentities.com. And this project was um, focusing, this is sort of like probably the, the key seed where, it's, where Time Crystal comes out of, because during Disastrous Forms, I became very interested in, I mean, okay, my work's very practical. There's a kiln, there's clay, there's ceramics, there's the whole shebang that goes into making what making a movie or a video or et cetera, um, operating in the internet. You know, it's all different skill bases, but um, I am really interested in a kind of theater theoretical space as well. And mm. and um, for me at the moment, it stems out of uh, the the sculptor Robert Smithson um, and and a sort of his ideas about abstract geology and, and the way we think has actually been like 
the way that geology operates over millennia or time. And he's very interested in time and space. Um, and actually, he coined the term time crystal. Mm. That me and another collaborator, Torben Tilly, which I'll talk about a bit later, um, we actually discovered while I was talking about my interest in Smithson and, and it kind of became part of another show. But um, this Molten Entities com was part of a show that was interested in processes, like uh, non-human processes. So uh, I was really looking at quartz, how quartz um, is a transformative entity mm. in ceramics. It's 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 the uh, it's the ingredient in the glazes that triggers the glaze at twelve hundred degrees centigrade. Plus, and and it's also what triggers volcanoes, mm. and it's also what triggers mobile phones mm. and devices. So the, for me, when I was working on the internet, talking about disasters, this this whole quartz um, vibe um, kind of evolved for me quite intuitively, um, mm. and it's also can trigger the cells in the human body and also the human third eye without any other access. So. It's kind of like this, you know, I mean, everybody, no, crystals is kind of a thing, but crystals is really a thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so that project was quite interested in. That's where, with my part in the project, um, it was with Shelley Simpson, Kate Vanderdrift, and Catherine Tullock. They're all female artists that are working with different kind of processes to do with iron, to do mm. with, uh, Kate makes photography made um, that's made by the river. Catherine's interested in food and kind of the transformation of, of food processes. Um, but um, yeah, and part as part of that, I was quite interested in the sort of, again, um, bringing a collective space, like the healing circle. And I uh, started collaborating with um, Cheryl Farthing, who's a quartz sound healer that plays crystal quartz bowls. Mm. And we had a, sound journey which is something I practice to do with my yoga practice and Cheryl has a yoga studio the yoga studio in Devonport Auckland and um and she she came and I had my big kaleidoscope um projected on the wall so it was an immersive sort of audio visual experience um and we all lay on the floor and she she plays these crystal sound bowls and it really it actually literally um transforms your cells but it basically makes you really high and mm -hmm. Or mm. can trigger like traumas, mm. you know, on the other side. It's quite a quite an amazing experience, but it does sound wonderful to have both the visual and the oral, you know, at the same time as uh, doing the yoga. Yeah, I um, we we are going to play another song, and this one, if you could talk just a bit about it. So this is fire breath. Oh, yeah, Fire Breath was actually the stats kind of my conversation until my next project I'll talk about after the song. But um, so when I was bringing together the sound, I had playlists for my events for disastrousforms.com and Molten Entities. Sometimes there's a little bit of a remix situation going on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'd worked with Torben Tilly, who's a sound artist, DJ, musician. Um, and we'd worked together on a campaign with Florian we made for Miss Crab, um, Christine Crab's store, Auckland, um, uh, the Romantica campaign in, in 2018. And Torben had made the soundtrack, so we met via Christine. And uh, and he, I, I, I brought together most of the playlist, but we entered into conversation um, and he contributed to my playlist. And that's when we started our conversation about we both lived in Berlin and we sort of both have some have an interest in electronic ambient deep listening um I mean he's much more versed in all of this than me but <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we struck up a relationship and relationship sort of like to the club and uh sonic culture coming out of Berlin and mm. various places yeah so, so this is a track that he introduced me to in relationship to the Disastrous Forms playlist. Mm. Oh, very cool. I was thinking uh, because um, you said that that's actually the soundtrack to what you can watch online and your exhibition, that it would be quite good to have about five minutes of it. That was actually going to be the next one. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that maybe uh, 
it would be good to actually play towards the end. But so which one would you prefer to have now? Um, Fire Breath was the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, With and... Joanna Brooke. Yeah. yeah. Let's listen to Fire Breath by Joanna Brooke.
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast, and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. And today I'm here with a wonderful ceramicist, Teresa Peters, who has been a finalist in the Portage uh, Ceramicist Awards um, again, actually, this year. Last year she took it out as the top winner, and this year she was one of the finalists with her... Uh, yeah, very conceptual and interesting work, which is um, cross-disciplinary, I would say, with with anything that uh, that you have all these collaborators in the music space, in the film space, but you're also doing a lot of these works yourself, um, taking photographs of your art, um, making the videos, and um, it's a full immersion, immersion and a full experience, as I've um, discovered too. I would like to just talk a little bit more about, you know, you have this uh, kind of the sci-fi and prehistoric and futuristic, the movement between time and space is really immense in your art. It's almost like you're feeling this kind of um, speeding of, uh, of uh, you know, the whole evolution past your eyes kind of when you get into what you have been looking at. So you have been pivoting between this sci-fi, prehistoric, futuristic, um, you know, fusing clay and ceramics into fluid digital kind of realms. And um, at the same same time, you're really grounded in the kind of volcanic nature of Taranaki as well. Can you talk a little bit about how Taranaki and its nature has influenced your work? Like, more specifically... Because the geology you've mentioned, but like, is there anything specific that tangible for people who live here in Taranaki to kind of see? Well, yeah, during those projects, as I stress forms and molten entities um, in the project with uh, From Things Flow, I I sort of, I was with this quartz touchstone. I got, I was sort of researching more and more about that, what that meant, like theoretically, but also like um, historic, what do you say? geologically I guess um and yeah I became quite fascinated in the idea of how fossils like ammonites I mean I I I just like the shape of ammonites yes I'm really fascinated by them like as a reference but they also kind of have a sexual kind of um connotation um and they actually do or are fossiled on the coast of Taranaki and um, yeah, so part of that processual project for me was thinking about, like, over millennia, how the fossils break down, and it can also be within the ocean, like sediments at the bottom of the ocean, and then apparently, um, I mean, I'm just like a pop geologist, like, my sister's <laughs> an actual geologist, <laughs> but we live next to all these oil rigs, you know, it's kind of like crazy in Taranaki, like, let's bar the politics, but you know, you grow up with all this stuff around and you never think you're going to be making art in the same dimension. But my sister's a geologist and I'm also seem to be quite interested in this at the moment. Um, and with parents that are kind of hooked into earth art, it's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, so anyway, so the fossils break down and they create gases over time at, or crystals that um, under the pressure, I mean, seriously, we're talking millions of years here, you know, mm. I'm probably not going to wait like for the kiln for this one. <laughs> And then, like, it just became really fascinating to me because I was working looking at Lucio Fontana and, like, the rupture of surface and also thinking about rupture as a regenerative or sort of I had the line, uh, you know, disaster is the mother of revolution within that project and kind of thinking about this crisis we're in globally and, and I guess trying to have a positive spin on it by thinking about regeneration and the, geo, the volcanic regeneration or whatever you want to call that is is that the um, the crystals or gases build up over time and then they eventually create earthquakes or volcano volcanic eruptions, which to us as humans is potentially a negative thing, but actually all that volcanic eruption can create regeneration for the soil and the earth around mm. it again over time so mm. so for me this was super interesting coming out of Taranaki and I mean yeah it's been very organic I mean it's not like I was like oh I'm from Taranaki I'm going to make volcano art but 
But somehow, I mean, that's something about ceramics, you know, I mean, there's like people like Janine Page, who's uh, a potter based in New Plymouth. Um, I've known Janine. She actually dressed me for my first film role for Florian Harvich um, in a dress covered with hairs all over the breasts. Yeah. Um, but she is, she has a really solid pottery practice here in New Plymouth and she like literally biked around the whole country a couple of years ago, around the same time I made disastrous forms, collecting rocks and making like amazing glazes out of them. So I, I think there's a really big relationship with earth, relationship with with like all geology, rock, um, mm. with when it comes to ceramics, you know, I mean, it's kind of what you're dealing with in the kiln there. So, um, I mean, mm. mine's, a, mine's a bit fruit, tutti fruity. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, um, I, but... I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I do think <laughs> it's really cool. And and uh, when you talk about ammonites, of course, um, you and your mom, Marie Horner, have an exhibition on at the Contemporary Art Space in New Plymouth at the moment, uh, where she's very much in the same space as you, but that wasn't planned, was it? For the Ground Zero exhibition I'm talking about now. Oh, yes, it is planned. Oh, it um, was planned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's planned. Um, but but um, maybe what you're referring to is that um, we've been planning a few exhibitions over the last few years, mm -hmm. um, which is exciting. And we actually, she actually, we made a piece for that project at Room Gallery also in the From Things Flow show. We actually made a video that was documenting the Lajas, um, yeah. Northwestern Lajas. Um, we made a kind of a little video of that. Um, so that was like the first point of a sort of a series of exhibitions we're having um, over the next while. But but when we, um, when uh, I haven't seen my parents that much in the last three years. I was living in the North and the lockdowns were on and everything. And then when I came here last year to, for my dad had a show in Opanaki, he had his, retrospective of his body of work from Songs of the Earth, 1975 to 2021, uh, 50 years of, of his practice uh, since that Auckland Art Gallery show in 1975. It was really amazing. He had it at Pihama Lavender. Um, and yeah, it was amazing to see all this old work and then um, newer work that he had made that contribute to that series. Um, and you better mention your dad's name in case I listen. Oh yeah, Roger now. Peters. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so when I came, revisited my mum, it was just really interesting. There's always threads and ongoing between mine and my parents' work that I notice more these days that I'm really engaged in my art practice. But um, yeah, so we've been playing the show together, and then I just. There were so many tropes and threads between mine and mum's work, like even just the imagery. Maybe it's not so obvious to others, but for me, I was really like, oh, well, this is quite trippy. Yeah. So so the show we have at um, Cass, 20, uh, 74 Powderham Street, um, New Plymouth, um, that just opened on Saturday and it brings together some of the artifacts from disastrousforms.com, which are my photographic works. So they're similar to what I won in the Portage 2021 and um so you, you can see them if you're in Taranaki and then my mum makes um sort of large-scale they're like a fusion of monoprinting and painting she'll probably correct me on that but <laughs> yeah so there's quite um large-scale graphic kind of imagery um that stems from her 1970s drawings and they're quite sculptural in nature and I've also got a new body little body of ceramics in that show as well um yeah again like the ground zero was sort of something between original ground and uh, the disaster point, you know, of, of ground zero, but also um, for me, it's also hooking into Lucio Fontana's um, connection with the zero group. And uh, yeah, there's a few, there's a few threads in there, but um, yeah, that's on actually December till January in New Plymouth, if you're mm. around in Taranaki, Rohan Whelan space, um, mm. Cass. Um, yeah, and Rohan's actually having a Christmas party on December 16th, I think. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Go and check it out then as well. Yeah. So it's uh, until end of uh, January, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, usually the um, cast uh, art space is open on Fridays and uh, Saturdays. 
Yeah, that's correct. 11 to 3, Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. yeah, but there's always the possibility of making an appointment and actually have a look. And I have to say the glazes are really amazing. It is, um, you know, people will be hard pressed not to touch your work. Oh, <laughs> did you go there? Yes, I did. Of course. Oh, I, did. I thought you didn't go there. No. Oh, cool. Well, I didn't come. I didn't have a chance to go to the opening, but I went there today and had a look and, and the video, uh, you know, and everything. Oh, so, cool, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, um, touch is probably this touch or like, um, yeah, there's kind of like, I guess, a discourse with my work about touch and haptics. Haptics is like just touching things, but it's also connected to this touch we have with internet um, platforms, which became really interesting when I was working with the internet as well. And also, yeah, I'm kind of interested in touch on the bigger side of the word, like touch uh, as a connective, as a collective, and like that's where music once again for me becomes, or this crystal, this crystal possibility to like mm. actually touch into yourselves, or or what it means for one entity to transform another, or have an influence on another, um, or support another, you know. So just the fact that we're all interconnected and part of a community or a collective, even if we don't think we are. Mm. <laughs> Well, on that note, we better listen to it. So um, would you like to do Orb this time? Um, yeah, should I? Maybe I can talk to that one after the piece. Or, um, oh, actually, I did want to say with this one, if you um, if you go online and, and type into moltenentities.com or teresapeters.studio and you look at the homepage, you'll find one of my kaleidoscopes. It's a similar one, slightly different on each of those sites. If you do that right now, give you two seconds. Um, and then this is a work um, that was a collaboration between, it's called Orb. It was an installation at the Audio Foundation this year um, in July uh, between Torben Tilly, who I've talked about previously, uh, who produces soundtrack and created um, a sound journey experience with uh, quartz crystal sound healer um, Cheryl Farthing playing the crystal bowls which they played live for one event and then Torben incorporated uh, Cheryl's sound into this piece and this is part of his piece um, it was installed as an installation with a kaleidos large-scale kaleidoscopic work by me and a, and a sort of reflective installation um, and ceramics um, and this was directly stemming out of um, the From Things Flow show and the sound journey there for me is like an evolution, but working together with these um, great creatives and um, yeah, and then Torben made the sound piece that went with it and played in the gallery and, and really like from the crystal vibe and, and, and also he was looking at like fragmented, um, we were again looking at Smithson and like fragmented yeah. sense of time and space and and you can feel it in his music, it's, it's very... Um, geometrical or something and yeah anyway i'll let you experience that with the website yeah all right let's listen to or placing into vibration with torben tilly and uh, cheryl farding's crystal singing bowls
welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast, and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. And I'm here today with ceramicist Teresa Peters, who um, has so many strings on her bow and is um, really quite an intriguing artist. She uh, was a finalist this year for the uh, Portage Ceramic Awards, which she won last year with one of her amazing work and I guess the thing last year was it echoes you won with last year uh, yes. Teresa yes this is was um, at the time it created a bit of controversy because it was the first work in the awards history to be presented as a photograph um, but it's really an amazing example of how art and art practices can evolve and I guess you are experimenting so much in your Kind of art uh, discipline that uh, I'm just wondering where, where to next. What are That's you planning? Really good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll probably just keep going. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, the cool thing about my practice is it's quite curious, and so um, um, it's sort of one thing leads to another a little bit, and because of my interest in collaboration or. Um, and in all the different medias, there's almost not enough time to uh, kind of evolve all the things that I think about. Um, I don't. I have some shows lined up for next year um, and some film projects as well. All of it's sort of a little bit un to be undisclosed at the moment. But um, yeah, I have something else with Mum, and um, yeah, as I said, hopefully Disastrous Forms is going to play next year, which will be nice for the people that missed it in 2020 because it was just like a two-hour event and yeah. maybe nobody had that experience to contextualise me. Um, yeah, I have some plans and schemes. Do you want to know what I really want to do this year? Yeah, I'm not just saying this to please people. <laughs> I really just want to fucking throw a pot. Sorry, my language. Oh, but, um, really? <laughs> but, um, I... It's been quite epic, the, these apocalypse years. And I, like the other day, I was just thinking, oh, just imagine walking down the street. Oh. And like, so, um, and like just getting to a wheel, like the studio, and just making a bowl. Oh. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm one, the thing I'm really excited about, I don't know when it's going to happen this year, but I'm actually just would really love to have some quiet time and engage with my studio practice mm. again. Um, I had some time in the studio this year, but it's been quite a busy one. And so um, that's the thing I'm really looking forward to. And that's where the next magic will definitely happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and yeah. you need the time to play, you know, without yeah, so, kind of planning yeah. everything. Mm. That's what I'm looking forward to, a, pl a playtime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope, I hope. <laughs> Gosh, I hope you actually get it. <laughs> and we'll see some new wonderful work come out. And uh, I, um, yeah, so have you done any, uh, have you made any practical objects then that people still use, you know, cups and bowls and pots and whatever? Um, I do actually have a pottery mark, which I made a couple of years ago, um, mm -hmm. called Otto Pots, um, yeah. with, it has like an eight in the middle, like with the Otto being eight in Italian. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and... So I'm like an emerging potter, I guess. <laughs> yes. Pretty, um, pretty established artist and emerging yeah. potter. It's quite yeah, um, I, I have to also tell everybody this is going to really break my reputation, but you know, I actually brought a pottery wheel with my portage money. Oh, really? Oh, I can't wait <laughs> I, to see I never got a chance to use it this year, but um, because I really wanted to own one. Because the thing is this playtime thing, like, who knows like where my pottery kind of side might evolve but yeah you know I think when you just get to mess around is like when cool things can happen absolutely absolutely yeah. and and you know as a writer I kind of uh, that is actually the problem to have enough time to play around and for people to realize that it's nothing you can do in five minutes you actually have to have quite a lot of time consecutive time and space to just play around and see where it leads I also found it quite interesting, and it was only in hindsight when I realized that these kaleidoscopes um, that have sort of entered into this, you know, this like you've identified this kind of macro micro world and um, a kind of cosmic kind of thing, and maybe third eye, like all this kind of references. But for me, it's also so interesting because 
I mean, just working in like what people call technology, like the internet or devices and connecting that back to the more primordial kind of clay um, side, you know, that I like to fuse together. Um, I, I can't help but think about, you know, the vessel, the wheel, mm. like within this kaleidoscope, you know, and also the pottery wheel as well. Like, mm. it's, I mean, it's all very abstract, but it's, I find that all quite fascinating because also, do you know, like, I mean, I don't know if you've thrown a pot, but you get so dizzy. Yes, yes. And, and then it's just that second before you stopped and then it goes wonky and then it's off. I, I just have done that too many times. Just a little bit more refinement and it goes. But um, yeah, talking, um, yeah, anyway. Anyway, um, but I am looking forward to seeing what, uh, you know, what you would do with a pottery wheel. And that sounds just marvelous and um, sounds like and good space to end the year on. So congratulations on everything you've done this year and the awards and the nominations. And um, yeah, love to see where it leads you next. Yeah, cool, thank you, me too. Um, talking about throwing play around, um, I I kind of like keep mentioning Fontana, but it's such a hook for me with this work. and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are we going to move into our next track yet? No, we not? yeah, we will have to wrap up actually. So anything you would like to say at the end before we wrap up, because our time is up. Are we playing the last track? No, we are we don't playing have... Patti Smith. Yes. Bella. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say, um, you know, my last press, I got quite a lot of press um last year when I won the Portage Awards, which was awesome and quite yeah. But um, uh, the last person I talked to was Philippa Hadlow, and um, she made a wrote a cool article called "Volcano Punk" on me um, uh, out of New Plymouth for Biography, which actually is folded now. But uh, the last thing I said to media was, um, "A butterfly in flight stimulates my imagination. By freeing myself from discourse, I lose myself in time, and I start to make holes, holes in reality." It's a quote again from Lucio Fontana, and. Um, yeah, it kind of leads into the song. I know it's not really what the song's supposed to mean, but uh, for me, somehow, the last years, I hope everyone's doing well because I feel like we really did go through this apocalyptic time. And let me tell you, there's been so many holes in my <laughs> literally and figuratively. And, um, yeah, I just found it so interesting, like this kind of like let's all reach into like a... Uh, I don't know, into a positive future. And and this song for me, Patti Smith's one of my touchstones in the world. I've met her. I've like been to 20 of her concerts. She really takes me like to a cosmic place of transcendence. And this is her rendition of Allen Ginsberg's Howl. Mm. And it's, you know, it's kind of like a, a spiritual ode, but it's also very much about connectedness. And I just kind of like that it's, I know that it means holes, like holes and and holiness but it also maybe it's also holes in reality you know <laughs> yeah, I think there are a few holes in reality but Alan Ginsberg's <laughs> magnificent legendary poem Howl and uh, Patti Smith is such a great combination and um, yeah let's listen to that but first of all thank you so much and good luck with whatever you are doing and hope we meet up in the new year Cool, Michaela, let's do that. And very nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Glad we made the connection. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Here's Patty Smith. Yes. Holy, holy Peter, holy Alan, holy 
Holy Solomon, Holy Lucian, Holy Kerouac, Holy Hunky, Holy Burroughs, Holy Cassidy, Holy the Unknown, Buggered and Suffering Beggars, Holy the Hideous Human Angels, Holy My Mother in the Insane Asylum, Holy the Cops of the Grandfathers of Kansas, Holy the Groaning Saxophone, Holy the Holy. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Artscast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Center. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.